0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Laurie R. King. King is the award-winning, best-selling author of 17 Mary Russell mysteries, five contemporary novels featuring Kate Martinelli, and many standalone novels as well. Her latest novel is Back to the Garden. Writing about her novels, Suspense Magazine has written, Truly Memorable. Lori King brings her her always amazing imagination to the page to enthrall readers as only she can do. Lori, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Good to see you.
0: Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Back to the Garden, how would you describe the novel?
1: (laughs) Do do you ever find that any of the writers find that an an easy question to reply to?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not really.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 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 famous elevator pitch where you boil the novel down to um 30 seconds, right? <laughs> um back to the garden is a the tale of a San Francisco Police Department cold case inspector Raquel Lang who is looking at an old serial killer that was working at the San Francisco Bay Area in the uh, 80s. And she is brought into the case of bones that are found on an estate down the peninsula from San Francisco. The estate is now a... Uh, an open garden and house, uh, the, the places that are open to the public. But in the 70s, when part of this book is set, it was a peace and love, organic food uh, commune. <laughs> so um, the, the book winds together the two timelines. You have one timeline, the then timeline, which works through its way up through the 70s. And the now timeline, which is now. So that's, that's my extended elevator pitch for you, Jeff.
0: <laughs> that's great. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Back to the Garden?
1: I've been wanting to write a 60s book for a long time. I think we all have the urge to write an autobiographical novel, don't we? that is, um, I, I mean, I I came of age in the 60s. <clears throat> so I I wanted to write it, if nothing else, to show that I remembered it. <laughs> so, but of course, <laughs> as time goes on, the people who remembered the 60s are, are getting a little old around the edges. And by the time I started this book, <clears throat> by the time I realized that I really wanted to write it and I had to do it now, I <clears throat> I found that the 60s, would mean that my suspects were, <laughs> were all in their 80s, <laughs> which is fine, <laughs> but it doesn't quite have the sense of urgency you want in a thriller, does it? So I shifted it up 10 years to a time, and it actually became a really interesting time, because the 70s were this odd period between the optimism and enthusiasm of the 60s when we all thought we could change the world to the 80s when it was all disco rather than folk rock and when women's goals were to to have the, the, the big um, shoulder pad jobs in an office <laughs> um, as opposed to living on a commune in in the 60s. So the 70s became an interesting time to set this, although it wasn't my original idea with it.
0: You've written your very popular Mary Russell and Sherlock Holmes series of novels. I'm curious, when you start thinking about ideas for a new novel, do you usually think about a new Mary Russell novel or do you just brainstorm and see if an idea for a standalone or some other novel is calling to you at that time?
1: well of course um when when you are a um you are a long published author, you normally have discussions with your editor at the publishing house you know when when you're first talking about the contract, so normally we will have a discussion about you know, how how many Russell novels in a row they want. <laughs> um, because as you say, uh, you know, Russell and Holmes are a very popular series. I do understand it. I enjoy writing them, but I also need to write other things. So we um, we have those discussions about if I have a two book contract, is one a Russell and one something else. Um, and that was the case with this one, that I wanted to write something else. And I had this idea, as I, as I said, about the 60s, that, um, that I sort of shifted on into the 70s. And I, I like those stories that intertwine two timelines, two sets of characters. I mean, they're tricky to write because you don't want to absolutely inundate readers with this endless list of completely unrelated characters because you know the, the two timelines are 40, 50 years apart. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you, know, you you don't want the, the reader to be saying now, who, who is this? Is this then or now? <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, it's a, it's a lovely challenge for a writer to come up with something that, that isn't in the usual wheel box. And that's what this one was.
0: Well, I'm curious about your writing process. You're talking about this dual timeline. Is this um, a novel that you outlined extensively? Do you normally do that um, when you're working on a Mary Russell novel? What's kind of your your working or writing process and working process, um, novel to novel?
1: I am very much an organic writer as opposed to an organized writer. <laughs> so i I don't tend to do outlines in advance. I think that it's just the way a person's brain works because I will get, you know, three stages into an outline and, and it just stops making sense to me. I have no idea who these people are, what they are doing and why I, why I should continue working like this. Sometimes you do need to do so much an outline as a sort of timeline to keep yourself on track but with this one a lot of it was done well a lot of it took shape in the rewrite i'm i'm a big rewriter my first drafts are my first drafts are basically a 300 350 page outline and i then spend the rewrite turning it into a 450-page book. I mean, that's typewritten pages, so mm-hmm. not as long on the on the published book. But I need that first process, the first draft to show me who these people are and what the book is going to be when it is a book. When I'm finished with the first draft, I don't give it to anyone except my editor. And I I only give it to the editor because I know that, she understands that my first drafts are terrible. They're right. all, they make no sense. They have snippets of plot line that just <laughs> fall away. The characters are either fuzzy or overdeveloped. Um, you know, there's no reason to stop writing the first draft to polish because you don't know where it's going. So with this one, I, I would often be working in one of the timelines, the then timeline. And I would then realize that it would make an interesting sideways step into the now timeline. So I would make a note, wouldn't really have an idea of what that chapter was going to be, but I'd make a note and just say, this is a good place for Raquel to find X. And so um, when when I tackled the rewrite, a lot of it was the weaving together of these different threads to make sense. Because you, you can't, uh, either you are telling a story that starts in 1972 and goes to 1979 and then stops. And then you have the modern day that picks up and you tell that story. Or you have to find a way that the two timelines relate to each other in not only a sensible way, but an exciting way, and that's that's what I do. That's what I was doing in in rewrite. I am blessed with good editors. I I have uh, an editor and her uh, right hand person at Random House who are very good at understanding what I'm trying to do, and and encourage me in how to do it. I mean, I I I. I heavily depend on editorial input. I don't usually take their suggestions of what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So if they see a problem and they then go on and say, I think you should solve it by X, I usually will just ignore it. But I value their eyes to say, "This this is the problem. Because they're my first readers. If they don't get it,
0: Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. So, I'm curious about your initial fiction writing journey. What led you to writing and getting your first novel published?
1: <laughs> I was one of those. I was one of those writers who um, who started because they had the a whole run at the at the public library where nothing was good. <laughs> you, you know, you know, those, those periods where you, you know, you go into the, and I, I was a big public library Christian all through mm-hmm. my life until I could start afford, to, afford to buy my own hardbacks. But I would, I would come home with half a dozen novels that look so promising. And I would sort of get halfway through them and think, oh, I could do better than this. So I, my, my kids were young. Uh, my son went off to preschool three whole mornings a week and i sat down and started writing and i started writing uh the the mary russell the first of the mary russells was the beekeeper's apprentice and it starts when she's walking the sussex downs and walks into literally walks into sherlock holmes and and it started from there and it was one of those lovely experiences where a character simply walks onto the page and the voice is there um To some extent, Raquel Lang is similar. Um, She proved difficult because I didn't. I got all the way through the first draft, and I didn't really know who Raquel was. But when I started the rewrite, I realized that is who she is. She is an enigma. She is difficult to understand, and I should embrace that. So, it's been it's been an interesting. uh, Interesting journey to use a touchy-feely phrase.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious, had you been a Sherlock Holmes fan before you wrote that first novel?
1: Oh no. No, 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 no. I, I don't think I'd read any of the Sherlock Holmes stories since high school. And mm-hmm. uh, I was in my 30s then. So um no, I I I think that the Granada Television Jeremy Brett series must have been playing during that period because Otherwise, I I can't imagine why I would have been even conscious of Sherlock Holmes. Um, But I think those must have been on. And um, I didn't have a television, but my mother lived next door, and she did. So we would get together and watch various things, such as Masterpiece Theater and the Mystery Mystery Program on PBS on Sunday nights. And uh, so I was aware of Sherlock Holmes, And I was aware that he gets credit for all these things that I, as a mother, regularly um, do and don't get vast credit for. And, And I thought it would be interesting if that brain were in a different setting. That is a young, female, 20th century person. So that's where Mary Russell came from.
0: That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Oh you know there's there's always there's always novels that I love. Um, I most recently, I really adored um, Katrina McPherson as one called um, I'm blanking that I'm terrible at titles. my I forget my own titles. Um, <laughs> uh, something about fear in the title. It's set in Edinburgh in the period after the Second World War when the National Health Service is coming and it transforms the lives of the Edinburgh poor. It's a mystery novel. It's a historical mystery. And it's just, it's just a, a workshop in how you, how you tell a story in place of fear, I think it's called.
0: That's wonderful. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your new novel, Back to the Garden? Oh,
1: I'm all over online, Jim. <laughs> I, I have a website, obviously, laurierking.com. Um, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, an author page that I post to fairly regularly. Um, there is a, a Facebook group, That is mostly Mary Russell, although they've been very enthusiastic about Raquel Lang. I am on Instagram. And when it comes to Twitter, I I do Twitter, although I'm not very involved in it. But Mary Russell is on Twitter. So you have a woman who is 122 years old now who is a regular tweeter. Um, I wish I I knew how she dealt with her arthritis in her hands to deal, to do all that twitting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with bestselling writer, Lori R. King, author of the new novel, Back to the Garden. The novel is on sale now. So go buy a copy. And Lori, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thank you, Jeff.
0: Wonderful. Thanks a lot.